Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Koheles Perg Zion, Pasukidalid, chapter 7, verse 14. Viyom Tova, on a day of good, Heye Vitov, be in goodness. Uviyom Ra'a, and on a day of evil, Re'e, look. Gam es zel umas ze, Elohim, also this corresponding to that has been fashioned by God, al-divras shelo yimtza ha-odam achrov mu'uma. On the matter that should not be found by man afterwards or after him, referring to God, anything. Okay, so this is a cryptic verse, like so many of them are. I'll try and piece it apart. Let's take a look at the Targum first. Biyom diyotiv loch Adonai. When it says on a good day, a day of good, it means a day when a person is the recipient of goodness from God. Tehei af ant betivusa. A person should also, you, be doling out goodness, in goodness. Visitav l'chol almo, and do good for the entire world. Begin, de lo yese aloch yomabisha. And on account of that, a person will not experience a day of evil. So if a person is gifted and utilizes that to do good, so that will be a, a source of protection from experiencing evil. Look and apprehend. And also this call Kovel Dain Ovad Adonai begin Loochacha Enoshe Alma in order to rebuke the people of this world. So that he's translating now Gam es ze luumas ze also Elohim. Also this corresponding to that God has fashioned. Targum is explaining that is referring to an experience of travail that God has wrought in order to rebuke man. Min biglal de lo yishkach enash basrohi midaambish la'al mohahu. And this is not vindictive, but this is actually for the purpose of helping man reset his course that he doesn't experience a day of evil in that world, meaning in the eternal, in the world hereafter. So the experience of rebuke in this world should be 
used as a catalyst that a person should not find after him anything, anything that will sully himself, anything that would be a day of evil, that would lead to a day of evil in that world. That is the way Targum is interpreting this verse. Let's see how Rashi explains it. Biyom tova haye vitov. On a day that you have in your hand, in your power, to do good, choose to be among those that are doing good. And on a day of evil, look. When the evil befalls the wicked, you shall be from those that are witnessing Shenema, as it says in the very end of Isaiah, Yeshaya, Samach Vav, Chavdalid, Viyotsu, Virau, Bifigrehu Anoshim, Vigomer, and go out and see among the corpses of the men, referring to the wicked, and do not be among those who are the spectacle. And as a as a disgrace for all flesh. That's the description of the wicked on the day of the great judgment. So the idea to look is giving a person advice, look forward, looking towards the future, towards a day of judgment, ensure that your actions put you firmly in a position of innocence before God. Gam ezel umazeh, also this corresponding to that. Hatova v'schar pu'ulasa, the good and the reward for its actions, l'umas hara'os schar pu'ulasa, corresponding to evil and the reward or consequences of its actions. Also Elohim, that is, done by God, made by God, Rashi is interpreting it that the system of justice is placed by God in a manner that at the, the point of ultimate justice, of the, the day of great judgment, there will be no room for questioning the justice of God. It will be crystal clear. Until that point, there's a limit on every perspective other than God's. You find Gemara even has the angels asking God about justice. 
things that appear to the angels as a violation of justice. But by the great day of judgment, when all of the results will be in, and all the ripples of each person's actions or inactions have been accrued and actualized, then the ultimate justice can be meted out, both for reward and punishment, and there will be no place for questioning God, which is a remarkable thing. That God has created a system of justice that we can relate to on the theoretical level today, and ultimately, on a visceral level, we will be able to grasp the precision of that justice. And it will be a Kiddush Hashem. It will be a sanctification of the divine name, as opposed to the challenges that we sometimes confront, where there's a, a need for faithfulness in the face of what appears to be injustice in this world. Let's take a look at the Mitsudas David. Re'e. Look. Istakel. Esmas Elohim. Look at the deeds of God. Kamahem yushorim imutukonim. How straight they are. How precise they are fixed in a sense that they are fulfilling the ideal. Who among men? Uh, this is the previous pasuk. I apologize. Also valuable, but not the re'e of this pasuk. Let's see the Mitsudas and pasuk Yidalit. Biyom tova, on a day of good, biyom bo tova ba'olam. On a day when goodness comes to the world, heye batov, be in good, rotsalomar, the intent, kabel es hatova, receive the goodness, vitis aneg bideshen nafshecha, and enjoy. Appreciate graciously the bounty in your soul. Very, very important idea that the Mitsudas is telling us. If a person is the recipient of good, it's a good day, there should be no sense of pushing away of that goodness. It should be received and appreciated fully. Receive graciously the good. God is looking to give and we need to be ready to receive that good and express our gratitude towards Him for the good that He gives us. So we're we in no position to... restrain ourselves from enjoying the gifts that he is giving us. That's not what he wants. 
Beyom Tova, If one is a recipient of gifts, they should appreciate those gifts fully. And it's not, it's not, God forbid, meant to encourage a person to make their life's goal, the pursuit of physical pleasure. That's not the intent at all. But if somebody is a recipient of physical gifts, of bounty in this world, it should be received graciously and appreciated. To substantiate this idea, I'd like to turn our attention to the last Rambam in Yad HaZakah, in his magnum opus, Laws of Kings, chapter 12, paragraph 5, describing the future Messianic era, Uboso Azman, and it, in that time, Lo Yesham, there will not be there, Lora of, no famine, Velo Melchama, there will be no war, Velo Kinavetachros, there will not be jealousy and cutthroat competition, Shehatova Tiye Mushbas Harbe. For the goodness will be flowing in such abundance. Vechol hamadonim and all of the delicacies mitsuyin ka'afar will be found like dirt. Madonim from the same word as Eden. Eden. Delicacies will be abundant. Now obviously, these delicacies that will be abundant in the era of the Messianic era are not there to sit and be wasted, are not there just to look at, but to be appreciated fully, whatever those delicacies are. And they will be plentiful, like dirt. Dirt is, thank God, pretty plentiful. And this is an aspect of God's vision of giving humanity the greatest gifts that we can receive. And it doesn't mean that the human purpose is to pursue pleasure. Certainly not to pursue physical pleasure. But the appreciation of the gifts that we are given is critical. We should not run away from them or deny them, but enjoy and express, experience and express appreciation to the Divine for giving us everything He has given us. So this is Messianic era, v'chol ma'adonim etzuyin ka'afar. But that will not be the focal point of the Messianic era, Veloye Esek Kola Olam, and what will be the primary occupation of the entire world? Solely to know God, to relate to God. Obilvad, right? This is this is the only Esek. It's a remarkable thing. 
There are other things that people need to do. But what will be the business of mankind? The knowledge of God. And therefore, there will be great sages. And they will apprehend and come to the knowledge of matters that are hidden and deep. And they will garner knowledge of their Creator in accordance with the capacity of humanity. As is stated, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God like water covers the oceans. So that is the conclusion of the Rambam in Yara Chazaka. And we have Kol Madonna Mitzuim Ke'afa. This is a good thing. If one looks also at the Gemara Ksubis, Kuvdal Raman Aleph, that's 104a, we find the dis- discussion of the passing of Rebbe. And he said a remarkable thing, Rebbeinu HaKadosh, Velo Nanesi, and I did not derive enjoyment, says Rashi, Ba'olam Haza in this world, in the physical realm, Afil Lafitarach Shigati Batsbakitana Shali. He says, Don't misunderstand what Rebbe is saying. It's not that he didn't enjoy this world. Rebbe was very wealthy, and he certainly did enjoy this world, and was grateful to God for it. Rashi points out what is he saying he didn't enjoy from this world? Lefitarach, in accordance with the exertion. He didn't pursue the pleasures of this world, even with the exertion of his pinky finger. A little finger. How much work can a person do with their little finger? And Rebbe is saying, it was so not the focus of my life, my exertion in this world, was not the pursuit of pleasure, physical pleasure, not even to the extent of the work that one does with one's little finger. That is what Rebbe is saying, but very important. It doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy this world. He certainly did enjoy this world. Anything that is placed, God has done. Okay, so that's what the Mitzudah's David is saying that on a day of goodness, experience, be in the moment of goodness, enjoy it, experience it fully, and the follow-through is, of course, that it should engender a heightened sense of gratitude. And a day of evil, at the time when evil comes to the world, Look at the evil. In order to understand what has brought it about. You see evil in front of you? Why is it here? What is the cause, the root of this evil? That's what the looking is. 
Re'e, look. To understand why this is here. That's one point. And he continues with another point. Vikabel osa lemarik es ha'avon. Accept the experience of evil in order to cleanse oneself of sin. So, first order of business on a day of evil, of bad, is to try and assess there's pain here. Why is there pain here? Learn how to avoid that pain. But accept the ra'ah as a vehicle to cleanse oneself of sin. Right, the Ramban says that if a person feels suffering, it is appropriate to say that it should be a kapara, it should be a source of atonement. Some sins require an experience of suffering in order to be cleansed. Sins that are of the severity of karis, spiritual excision, Of course, any sin can be atoned for to a degree through various levels of suffering that cleanse a person of the spiritual blemish brought on by the sin. Gam esze, also this, The evil itself has been sent by God. Gam osa osa le'umasa God has fashioned this evil specifically tailored to correspond to the sin. The punishment fits the crime. Rotelomar, mido bemido. The idea here is measure for measure. And this is getting back to the idea that we saw in Rashi already that we do have the ability. Humanity is granted insight, at least on a theoretical level, to understand and recognize the justice of how God brings about punishment or consequences, both for good things and bad things, but specifically here we're working on Avon, the raw, the, the evil that is going to come about as a result of sin, but each sin is different. So each evil is different. Each experience of suffering is different. But it corresponds to the sin. Al divras, also kazots, God has done this. In order that man not have room to doubt the justice of God. For from the giving out of punishment, man can come to know what is the uh, sorry, what is the sin that is corresponding to this punishment? So the the value that we have is as we saw in the Tzudas David, variously critical to avoiding future pain. That's not what God is looking to give us. If there's pain, it's a consequence of sin. 
but by the insight that we do have into divine justice, we can figure out how to get out of it, how to reject sin, and he said we should accept whatever suffering that we have as a cleansing of the sin. And finally, the benefit of having this gift that we have, we're endowed with insight into divine justice, is that God is exonerated, as it were, because we can and ultimately will have a grasp of the full picture of divine justice. Let's see how the Sforno interprets this. Therefore, on a day of good, be in goodness. At the time that God gifts you, blessed be with goodness, be in a state of goodness. As far as it says, what is the ultimate utility of any physical blessings that a person has, or even non-physical blessings, but good in a sense of, of bounty and completion that a person receives from God, it all needs to be utilized to the acquisition of the eternal of a eternal wholeness and completion of the human being. That is the greatest good that a person can achieve. So a person is receiving gifts. Whatever form they take, they all need to be channeled in a manner, each thing, depending on what it is, towards something that gives him a greater eternity, a completion of his eternity. Rabbi Meiselman would often bring people, when they're confronted with some challenge in life, whatever it might be, a big fork in the road, and oftentimes there are many issues that are swirling in a person's mind. And of course, the, the final decision obviously rests with the person, and very often his advice would be to not lose sight of what will be the results of the choice A, B, C, whatever the choices are that a person is contemplating. Will this choice bring a person to a greater olam haba or not? Right? The, the, the barometer of is this the right decision, is this utilizing the gifts that one has been given by God to achieve Shlemus Nitzchi? That is the question. The person utilizing their potential, the gifts to realize in the highest sense what they've been given. And on a day of evil, when suffering comes upon a person, look, what is their source? What is the, the cause of this suffering? 
This requires introspection and examining one's deeds. And a person has to remove, turn away from sin. That is the real cause of suffering. The way to do it is tshuva. So a person has to examine themselves. If they're feeling pain, they have to consider what is causing that pain. And the tshuva is moving away from the cause, which is the sin. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's less obvious. But it's, it's parallel in, in a physical sense as well. Somebody's experiencing physical pain, there's a strong indication where the problem is and how to avoid it. So there are many ways that a person can experience pain, but the root of it is chet, of error. The, the mark is being missed, so there's going to be fallout, and tshuva is the process of realigning towards doing the right thing, avoiding the wrong thing, whatever it might be. And the Medrash speaks a little bit more about Rechus about Shuvah, we'll get to that soon. Also this corresponding to that as God fashioned. Ki omnam al-masha'izbarach lo yosif peronos that on that which God, blessed be He, does not come down heavy-handed when meeting out punishment, it is precise. Also, It's not just that there's a proportionality between sin and punishment, but a greater precision than that. There's a direct measure for measure, it is precisely tailored that the punishment corresponds to the measure of the sin, to the dimensions, if you will, of the sin. Al divras, al ofen ha hago. On the the manner of how God runs the world. Shelo yimtsa adam. In order that man not find place to complain over suffering. By saying he didn't know what was the cause. This is actually a gift because God wants to give us good. And he does not want us to suffer. If we introduce suffering through our sins, we have a way out. Because through the suffering, there is an ability to deconstruct how it has come about, what we have done to bring it upon ourselves, and this is a gift that God gives us that we, we don't need to stay with the suffering, we can get out of it. We can know its cause. And we therefore should strive to know its cause. And that is a gift. That is 
how God rolls, as it were, and it's a gift to us. Let's see the Talmud's Chachma. V'yom tova, heye v'tov. Alkein b'shash ha'kar baruchu, mashpia alecha tova. At the hour that God is pouring upon you goodness, look at the good. Do not be included among those that the verse denigrates that Yeshurun grew fat, corpulent, and kicked in rebellion. It's a risk. There's a risk of relating to gifts and bounty with a sense of haughtiness. It's important not to allow that to happen. And on a day of evil, do not let it be hard upon you. Punishment is not meant to break a person. It's meant to be corrective. Ki for this corresponding to that, Sha'asa Tovas Olam Haba, Kineged Rose Fatovas Olamazet. God has created good in the world to come, corresponding to good and bad in this world. Meaning we only see a small fraction of the picture in our current perspective. We just see this world. But the reality is that there's more. There's the world to come, and there, there's a broader picture of how God brings about justice, and the good and bad that can be experienced in the hereafter is critical towards the fruition of God's vision of justice, the execution of that justice, so we don't see it all now. Al-Divras shelo yimta adam achrav me'uma continues Talmud's Chachma Hainu shelo yimta ma shehiye misnaged lo ba'olam abo ma shuroi A person should not be opposed in the world to come to, to what he is uh, deserving of getting. He should not be uh, separated from his justice, as it were. If he is a sinner, and really, justice for him means experience of purgatory. Everybody's a mixed bag. Everybody has Merits and sins, as the Raman says in the laws of Tshuva, that is part and parcel of humanity. It doesn't mean that there's not a choice. We all have choices every step of the way, and we're responsible for those choices, but nobody bats a thousand. Or zero, for that matter. People do some things right and some things wrong. We choose to, but in the evaluation in, in God's evaluation, 
if a person is really deserving of severe punishment, there's a complete picture here. A person also has good things that he's done, and he deserves reward and to experience pleasures and bounty on account of that good that he has done. So that can be accomplished in the currency that he values. If a person doesn't value anything other than the physical, so his reward can be given to him for the good that he has done in this world. His reward for the fulfillment of the divine will in this world is given to him in this world. And he will not have remaining for him any merit in the world to come. And he will not be spared from the suffering of purgatory. One who is deemed to be primarily righteous. So his punishment for his sins are experienced in this world. In order that he not experience the suffering for his sins in the world to come. And he takes his portion and the portion of his friend in the world to come, which is another facet of divine justice, which incorporates the idea that we are social beings and we all have choices and we're not disconnected from each other. But the mechanisms of divine justice incorporate this world and the world to come. And based on the evaluation of justice, there can be either an experience of pleasure or suffering in this world that at the face of it, if you only would look at this world, would seem perplexing or perhaps an injustice. When in reality, that's only a distortion created by merely having a purview of this world. Take a look at the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra says, Biyom, on the day of good, and the wise who is in possession of inheritance and wealth, why should he rejoice in something that is fleeting? It's as though he's being told when he is experiencing a good day, he should be in a state of goodness and rejoicing. Therefore, he is encouraged to look in a future sense that this is fleeting and there is a bad day coming. So the Ibn Ezra is kind of flipping it on its head and he's saying it's actually encouraging him not to rejoice on something that is fleeting if one sees that what appears to be a source of rejoicing is actually not complete. 
So he shouldn't get swept into it and carried into it in a manner that actually is a distortion. He should temper it with looking at where things are headed. And if there's a negative consequence, he should, it should give him pause and hold back from rejoicing, even if at the face of it right now, it looks good. Also this corresponds to that. So here the Ibn Ezra is describing this verse, this corresponding to that, in the description of the doubles described linguistically in Sefer Tzir, the Book of Formation, which is a collection of brysos that describe the methodology of creation through the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, Lashna Kodesh. God created the world through ten utterances, divine utterances, were the means of creation. And we have a series of kfulos, of doubles. And you have zel umazeh. You have things that correspond one to the other. That is a feature of creation of the divine scheme. To give an example of this, I'd like to consider the words of Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. He asks an important question that the final mission given to Moshe Rabbeinu before his death was to wage war against Midian, a war of vengeance. This was a religious war, a holy war, in a sense that it was not an attempt to enrich the Jewish people physically, it was not an attempt to do anything of the sort, but rather to venge the spiritual losses that were inflicted upon us through the entrapment that our enemies sought for us, unfortunately with a degree of success, Moshe Rabbeinu was given this final mission before his death. So Yosef Chaim asks, why is this in any way linked to his death? It's a mission. Moshe Rabbeinu did many things in his life. What is the reason that this is given to him as the final mission of his life? And he explains, based on the Medrash, that Bilam was in the opposing army. Not as a typical soldier, but he was a mercenary and in fact was the mastermind of this destruction. Bilam was the Chacham Ha'arum. He was wise. He saw the future and he gave the advice to entice the Jewish men. And this was a source of how he could bring about destruction for the Jewish people when cursing them was not an option. 
God was not willing to accept his overtures to curse the Jewish people. The Jewish people, unfortunately, many of them, succumbed to the temptations that Bilaam encouraged. So he was on the other side. He was looking to receive his reward for felling many great people among the Jewish people. And this corresponding to that, also Elohim, that is what God has fashioned, critical to the human experience and the creation at large is the idea that we are endowed, humanity is endowed with free will. And free will is something that requires a delicate balance between opposing choices or forces and the Medrash tells us that Bilam was a prophet like Moshe. Lokombi Israel Kamosha never arose among the Jewish people like Moses, the father of the prophets. Pretty great title. However, the Medrash says, Bilam, come, but almost. You did have among the Gentile nations a prophet who was parallel to Moshe among the nations. In fact, one Medrash indicates that he was, in a certain sense, even greater than Moshe. Be that as it may, the point is that until the vengeance against Bilam was taken, Moshe Rabbeinu would not be able to depart this world. And conversely, once Bilam had been eliminated, it was time for Moshe to depart this world. That's what Rav explains. That the delicate balance, if you have the greatest prophet, if the most righteous, humble man that walked the earth, the beacon of light, for humanity to maintain free will, we have corresponding to him, shockingly, a prophet, Bilam, who is titled by our sages as Bilam Harasha, the wicked, with all sorts of depravity. So he had his spiritual steroids, and he was able to converse with God, remarkably clear, a clear level, but that did not stop him from the depravity or from enticing or encouraging the enticement to sin. And this is part of the delicate balance of everybody having free will, having choice. So once this war is successfully waged and Bilam is out of the picture, then Moshe is commanded to die. Leilahar, Amos, go up to the mountain and die. It was a command for him. Continuing in the Ibn Ezra, Al-Divras, concerning the matter, 
just brings other instances. Aldivras means Bavur. So the scriptural source for the concept of Mida Kenegemido is in Pashas Yisro, Exodus chapter 18, verse 11. And Yisro is speaking, Ato Yodati, now I have known. God is exalted above all other forms of power. For in the matter that they have plotted against them. Rashi explains, as it's explained in the Targum, the plot was to obliterate the Jewish people through the agent of water. They cast the baby boys into the Nile River. And they were lost in the splitting of the sea. They met their end through water. Asher Zadu, Asher Hishu, that they engaged in wickedness. Rabbi Seno, Darshu, and our sages expounded Loshon, Ayizid, Yaakov Nazid, the Kader Asher Bishlu, Bonis Bashlu. And the pot that they cooked, that is how they were cooked. They were cooked in their own pot, so to speak. And this is a Gemara in Sota, Yud Aleph Amun Aleph, 11a. Continuing in the Ben Ezra, of other examples of al divras, meaning kemo ba'avur, kemo al divarti, malkit sedek, al dvar emes vanovot sedek, vie hayud nosav kiyud malesi mishpat. Here he means, presumably, he means the yud of yimtza and heal. Heal the land. Rabbi Mona Amar Af Hatainis. Rabbi Mona says another facet of how to break an evil decree is through Tainis, through fasting. Tersiv, as it says, it's written also in Tehillim, chapter 20, verse 2. God will answer you on a day of restriction. Lama. God has fashioned this corresponding to that. The idea that is being conveyed by King Solomon, that God has fashioned this corresponding to that, is that a person should not be able to claim that what is lacking is from the side of the recipient. It's not lacking from the side of the recipient. We are capable of understanding and gathering insight into divine justice, at least on a personal level. We can know our own er error and 
how our suffering is rooted in that error. The Medrash over here says, Biyom tova heye vitov, on a day of goodness, be in good, im nizdamen lach, nizdamen yom tov, if prepare for you is a good day, tehe osa osa miat, a person has opportunity to do good, that opportunity should be seized immediately. I think the Medrash is working on the gap between the first part of the verse that just says, Heye vitov, be in goodness, as opposed to the bad day, uviyom ra, and on a day of evil, re'e, look. One is meant to take pause, examine. Re'e, look. Eich lasus tshuva. What does a person need to do on a bad day, if they're experiencing evil or suffering, examine what needs to be done in the manner of tshuva, of returning to God. That this is kind of a, a warning shot. Something is not right. The person is experiencing suffering. Of course, they need to accept it, as we saw in the Tzudas David. But in order to spare themselves from future spiritual suffering in purgatory, any sense of shame before our Creator, a person needs to abandon any wickedness, and that requires examination. So the Yom Ra'ah, the experience of a day of evil, should give a person the push to look. Look how to do tshuva. Amar Rabbi Yudan, b'shem Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yudan, in the name of Rabbi Lazar, said, Shlosha dvarim mevatlan gzeros ros. There are three things that negate evil decrees. Ve'eluhein, these are the three. Tefillah, prayer, utzedakah, and charitable kindness, ushuva, and returning to God, repentance. And all three are derived from one verse. They are understood and gleaned from that which is written in Divrei Hayomim, the book of Chronicles 2, chapter 7, verse 14. And my nation will be humbled, those that have my name called upon them, palalu, and they shall pray, vivakshu fonai, and they will seek out my face, viashuvu, and they shall return, midarhehem haraim, from their evil ways, vaani eshma minashamayim, and I will hear from the heavens, veeslach lechatosam, and forgive their sins. Ve'erba es artsam, and I will heal their land. And this is coming on the heels of the previous verse, which speaks about the consequences of sin. 
13. I will hold back the heavens. And there will not be rain. And I will command concerning the locusts to consume the land. And if I send pestilence among my nation. So, the experience of this suffering that ravages the land and the people will be dealt with appropriately through the humbling of the nation, calling out to God in prayer, tefillah, that's straightforward. Let's see the measures how it darshans each of the three components. Tefillah, utstokah, utshuva, prayer, and charitable kindness, and return to God. Vaispalalu is straightforward. Zutfilah, this is referring to prayer. Vivakshufonai, and they shall seek out my face. Zot tzedakah, this is referring to tzedakah. When it says that they shall seek my face, it means that they'll engage in acts of charity, kindness to their fellow man. In a similar fashion, we find in Tehillim 17 15, I will see your face in Tzedek through Tzedakah. And they shall return from, you, you shall return from your wicked ways, zu teshuva. This is returning of repentance. And what will be the consequence? And I will hear, receive from the heavens. So in terms of the idea of tshuva, which is critical to breaking Xerah. We have Tfilah and Tzedakah, and finally Tshuva. So there are various components of Tshuva. The basic components are Aziva Sachet, is recoiling from the sin, rejecting the sin, distancing oneself from it, and on the heels of that barrier, one can come to a deeper and more true sense of remorse. And the act of tshuva, the, the physical component, the mitzvah of tshuva, the, I should say, the, the component of it that is, uh, has a specific requirement if there's vidui without uh, genuineness, if one is confessing without being genuine, it's worthless, or worse than worthless, I should say. But vidui, confession towards God for the manner in which one has violated his will, that is the act of tshuva. And if one has sinned against his fellow man, then, as Gemara tells us, God says, you sinned against him. You have to make it up with him before you come to me. So, 
There needs to be, if there's damage or theft, there needs to be restitution, and there needs to be ritsui, there needs to be an appeasement of the victim prior to turning to God and saying, God, I seek your forgiveness for this sin. So, depending on who the sin was against, if it was just strictly between man and God, then one should not involve others in the knowledge of the sin, and it's considered brazen-faced to confess to other people about this sin. One should only confess to other people about the sin if that is the victim. So that the victim should be uh, approached in a manner that one expresses their remorse and acknowledgement of what the wrongdoing is and restitution should be made and a request for forgiveness and try to achieve recently that is necessary in order to complete the tshuva process. So that's tshuva. That also is a pillar of how to break an evil decree, decree of punishment. As we saw in the end of this medrash, fasting is a component of tshuva, and it is linked to zel Elohim. This experience of deprivation as a, an overture towards God. It's midarke tshuva. The Rambam says in the beginning of Tainus, It's from the methods of tshuva to engage also in Tainus in fasting. Let's see the next. Medrash on this pasuk, Rabbi Tanuchum bar Chia pata kroy ba'anim uva'ashirim. Rabbi Tanuchum bar Chia explained this verse as referring to poor and rich. Biyom tovasa shel chaveru smach imo. At a day when your friend is experiencing goodness, rejoice with him. Part of being a good friend is to celebrate their celebrations. And on a day of evil, look. What are you looking for? See how to sustain and support the poor. And you will receive reward. This is what Rabbi Tanchum, the author of this teaching, would actually do. If you take a liter of meat, that's what he would have for his own needs. So he'd take two. One for his portion and one to give out to the poor. He would take also two bunches of vegetables. One for him and one for the poor. Gam also this corresponding to that these are the poor and the rich in order that they shall merit 
these with those. So the zel uma zeh, this corresponding to that, is a reflection of the fact that the rich and the poor is not a true divide. It's this corresponding to this, but together really, bonim atem l'shem you are sons to the Lord your, Lord your God, independent of financial standing, and sons to the Lord your God need to be brothers. And they need to be mezake, elu elu. Each one has to uh, derive schos, has to support the other. So the, the rich should look for ways to sustain the poor. And they will benefit themselves from offering such support. So there, there will be a, a benefit, as it were, that when they reach out to the poor and sustain the poor like they sustain themselves, so that will be seeking out the face of God, as we saw in the previous teaching. And there will be the recognition, that's the, the face of God. If you take care of God's children, well, God will relate to you as his child. So that's a, a benefit in order that these should merit through those and that the first part of the statement doesn't necessarily have to be speaking about poor people rejoicing in the good of rich people but that certainly is true as well it could be in whatever he's rejoicing irrespective of whether you have it or not he is a beneficiary of some good. Rejoice with him. doesn't have to be that you have it. Rejoice with him in his good. So if, if somebody sees that another has something, in theory they might be poor in that area, but they should be generous in their sense of rejoicing in the other's good. So each one needs to relate to the other, rich or poor, as brethren, as sons of God. The idea that tzedakah is called seeking out God's face is quite remarkable. We find that Avraham Avinu is a pillar of chesed, and even on the third day from his circumcision, he pursued Chesed and Tzedakah in a manner that is remarkable. There are, Gemara, there are various accounts. One Gemara in Bab Metziah, Pevav Medbez, describes working on the verse in Bereshis Yudches Aleph, Vayero Elov Adonai Be'edon Mamre, and God appeared to him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat at the entrance of the tent, at the heat of the day. What does it mean, the heat of the day? That day was the third day from Avraham Avinu's circumcision. 
And God came to ask concerning Avram. God took the sun out of its sheath. Not sure how that corresponds to a physical event, but it was a very hot day. I don't know if there were any sun flares or what that means exactly, but God's point was that he wanted Avram to heal without needing to be bothered, as it were, with dealing with guests. So Avram saw no guests were coming to his tent, and he sent his slave, Eliezer, to go outside. He went out and did not find. So he tells Avram he didn't find. Avram says, I don't believe you. This is in accord with what they taught over there, as she says, in Eretz Yisrael, in the land of Israel. The slaves are not believed. Nafik you. Avram himself went out. He saw the Holy One, blessed be he. That he was standing by the gate, as it were. And this is in accordance with the verse that is written subsequently. If I found favor in your eyes, please do not pass by your servant. So God, as it were, is standing over Avram outside while he's recovering. Avram comes out looking for guests because he doesn't believe Eliezer, that there are no guests coming. Eliezer might be trying to spare Avram and not mention that somebody walked by. Avram does not trust that Eliezer is giving him the full report. And then Avram goes out, he encounters God. And fascinating, when God saw that he was busy bandaging his wound, it's not Derech Eretz for me to stand here. God, as it were, is saying it's not Derech Eretz for him to be present. And that led, when Avram was there, to the seeing of the three angels, because God felt it was lacking in Derech Eretz for him to be there, as the implication of his Gemara. So God sent him angels to be his guests. Interesting, the angels also felt there was a lack of Derech Eretz here. Avram ran to greet them, but it says that they were standing over him. How do you put the two together? 
the Gemara says that they came first, when they saw that he was in pain, they said, oh, he's in pain. It's not derech eretz. It's not appropriate for us to stay here. So they also tried to get out of it. God gets out of it, and the angels try and get out of it. But Avram Avinu is pushing to do hachnasos harachim. This kindness, act of charitable kindness. And the Gemara in Shabbos tells us how great this is. Kochazayim Amin Aleph, 127a. Amar Avihud Amar Rav. Gedolach Nasus Orchin, Makbalas Pnei Shechina. The greatness of bringing in guests is like, well, at least that's the way the Ramam is going to explaining it. It's like receiving the Shechina, Akbalas Pnei Shechina. If you recall, that is what our measure says that tzedakah is derived from this idea, vivakshu fanai, and they will seek my face. God is saying, what does that mean? They will do tzedakah. So, achnasus archim is a form of tzedakah, and it's gedola, gedola achnasus archim, meakbalas pnei shechina, Let me see this verse. If I found favor in your eyes, please do not pass over your servant. Amr Abelazar. Here we see an, another distinction between God and people. That by people, the one who is smaller cannot tell the one who is bigger or ask of the one who is bigger to wait for him. Till I come to you. But by God, see it says, Avram says, can you, can you please hold on a little bit and I'll be right back. This is something that we wouldn't do uh, for another human being of greatness that surpasses our own. But with God, it's not a problem. It's not lacking and the appropriateness between man and God. The Ramam does pask in this Gemara. In Hilchus Avel, Laws of Mourning, chapter 14, paragraph 2. Schar halivui meruba minakal. So the reward of accompanying is greater than all. And he's describing various forms of gemilos chasadim, acts of charitable kindness. Vua chok shechakakuavram avinu. 
And this is the law that our father, our patriarch Abraham, enacted, fixed, engraved. And the way of kindness that he accustomed himself to do. He would feed wayfarers and give them to drink. And he would accompany them. And bringing in guests is great like the receiving of the divine presence. And the accompanying of them is even greater than bringing them in. So the giving them food and drink is on par with Kabbalah's Pnei Shechina and the Levaya, the accompanying them, is even greater. So for that we find that Avraham Avinu can, as it were, in, in the experience of God's presence, say, I've got more important things to do right now. Please excuse me, God. Yes, I, I have Kabbalah's Pnei Shechina. But I have an even greater form of Kabbalah Pnei Shechina, a greater form, Vivakshu Fanai, not to receive this reward of experiencing Divine Presence, but to seek out, through acts of kindness to other people, the Divine Presence, and through Levaya, through accompanying them, that is the, the greatest form. Amr Chachamim, our sages, stated, this is in Sota, one who does not accompany is as though they have spilt blood. It's considered a source of protection that one must do for their, for their guests.